Yes, Peter, we did it. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Peter. Thank you so much, man. I know your time is limited. Thank you so much for doing this. All right, ladies and gents, welcome to Andy Podcast. And before we get started, I want to say thanks to everybody that's been tuning in from season one all the way to season nine. And by the time you guys hear this, this is season nine, episode 12. Now, when I started the podcast, you guys know that I'm a hip-hop fanatic. Uh, besides being a hip-hop artist, I'm a, I'm a hip-hop fan first. So not only I'm a fanatic, but I'm, I'm a bit of a hip-hop historian. So all these hip-hop documentaries that's been inspiring the community for, for, for over two decades now, I've been a big fan of. And this man right here is a special guest because he's been an Emmy and Oscar-nominated filmmaker. And for all my hip-hop heads out there, he directed Rhyme and Reason, and the re-release of the documentary as a book is coming out really soon. And there will be another, there will be a book signing and a, a premiere of the Rhyme and Reason documentary again, curated by Big Boy in uh, November 27. And um, we're going to talk about that. And for all those who are familiar with the Beef series, he's the director for Beef 1, 2, and 3. For all my Tupac fans, he did Thug Angel. For all my Biggie fans, he directed Bigger Than Life. Uh, 2017, he dropped Legend of 420. And also, he did a film with Wood Harris and Jamie Hector from The Wire called Just Another Day. And ladies and gents, I'm really honored to have him here. We got Mr. Peter Spire in the house. What up, Peter? Hey, man. How you doing, Marlon? Thank you for doing this, and I apologize for the technical difficulties. No worries. I'm glad we uh, connected. No doubt. So, Peter, I asked all my guests, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born in New York, um, but then six months old, I moved to Georgia and lived in a small industrial town in Georgia, then eventually moved to Miami. But I spent the majority of my childhood and growing up, probably, I would say, Miami. Nice. So, Peter, what are your earliest recollections of hip hop? What was the first thing you knew or heard or saw hip-hop related? Um, well, you know, I, I, so I'm a musician and I play guitar and I play in nice. a bunch of rock groups and all that kind of stuff. But So I've always been connected to music in general. And um, <laughs> I, think, I think my first hip-hop show that I, I really uh, changed everything was um, also I'm a filmmaker. So I, I was making music videos, working on different different you know you know directing producing working as an art director uh cameraman all all kinds of different stuff and um but the first hip-hop show i went to i i i I think it was at nassau community college the beastie boys were headlining and uh it was for their first album and another group showed up and it was it was wild. It was and it was uh, Public Enemy, and um, I think it was Public Enemy's first concert. It could have been their first show at Nashville Community College, and people didn't know what was going on, you know. And and uh, a lot of them left. It wow. was it was like a mini riot, <laughs> and I thought it was the craziest, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I mean. I, I can't even remember the Beastie Boys, and I'm not sure how much I stayed, but, <laughs> but Public Enemy definitely blew me away. I love it, man. 
Um, so growing up, so you graduate high school in your mind, what were you going to do next? Was it always like when I graduate, I'm going to be a filmmaker? Like what did you have in mind when you graduated high school? Well, Why not at all. Not at all. As a matter <laughs> of fact, um, as a, as a kid, I love movies and mm. I, I was kind of a film nerd, you know, mm. but I mm. never expected to be in the industry. I just felt like aliens made movies. I, I, I you know. I was so far removed from it, I couldn't imagine myself even having the opportunity to do it. So, um, you know, I end up going to college. Right. And I'm, I'm struggling in the business school. I, I completely just, I did, I mean, I, I just didn't like it very much. And, yeah. um, you know, I thought, well, that's what I should do, business, blah, blah, blah. And my, you know, my father also had a little bit of a hand in that, like, Although as a musician, um, I was in a rock band, but he didn't want to pay for my education to go into music, you know. Right. Uh, however, however, I just like business so much. And one day I was hanging out with this chick who was a fan of the band that I was playing in. And she and we'd go to movies together, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and I tell her so much about the film. And she goes, my God. I go to school for this, and you know more than I do. I go, wait a minute, you go to school for this? She goes, yeah, I'm in the film program. I, they teach film at the University of Miami? And she goes, yeah. So I was like, oh, I got to do that, you know. Nice. And, and and then, you know, I took a class, and I never looked back, you know. Nice. What was the first music video that you directed hip-hop related? Who was, who was the first hip-hop artist you directed as far as music videos? Um, you know, there, 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 there were a couple of them. I don't know if you know Pudgy the Fat Bastard, but wow, uh, yeah, I did that video. Uh, uh which one? Um, which song? uh, God, uh, 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 Check the Avenue. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I yeah, uh, nice. You know, you know, I, I did a lot of videos for groups that came and went, man. I mean, I to be honest with you. I, you know, I was pretty good at it, but it wasn't really my thing. And, um, you know, although the videos I did were pretty, you know, uh, Rough House Survivors. I don't know if you ever saw that video. Uh, but you know, if you go on my um, personal page, I have some of my videos there, you know. Uh, but, but you know, I, you know and then I worked on, uh, on various levels with other bigger groups and stuff like that. But... Um, what I, what I really kind of connected to was that there wasn't a um, a real document about hip hop culture, and that there wasn't a film that represented that, and particularly the way the people kind of connected with each other, and and that's how I started basically rhyme and reason. Nice. But prior to Rhyme and Reason, you got nominated for an Academy Award um, for, for a short film in 1993. What was the name of that film? Uh, that movie's called Blood Ties. And wow. it's about the photographer Sally Mann who photographs her children with a measure of nudity. And at the time, there was a lot of uh, controversy about NEA grants and National Endowment of the Arts and how they were spending money. I got kind of connected with that with a friend of mine who was a writer for MTV Music News. And, uh, you know, we, we spent a year documenting um, different controversies within the art world and how money was being spent and, um, 
you know, what, what kind of constituted art, what constituted, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe stuff that was pornographic and, you know, that whole, that whole line that gets kind of blurred when you're in the art world and, you know, what money should be spent. But then we connected with Sally, who I think is one of the greatest photographers who ever lived and, um, you know, spending time with her, watching what she did, how, how she did it. We, we focused our film on her because she, we thought she was a perfect microcosm uh, of the whole issue that was going on. You know, she was, she basically, you know, personified all of the issues that were going on. And we thought she was an extremely talented artist. And, and uh, you know, I think we, we, we picked wisely because, you know, the people, people really connected with that movie and it, it did very, very well. Wow. So ladies and gents, here's where I come in. <laughs> in 1997, I was a 12-year-old kid growing up in Oxnard, California. And at this point, I've only been in the country for about two years. I came from the Philippines, you know what I'm saying? So of course, being a fanatic of West Coast hip hop, uh, Tupac barely died, Biggie barely died in 97. It was fresh. Like with these two dying, it was fresh in everybody's hearts. Now this film comes out called Rhyme and Reason and Miramax puts it out. And from the trailers, everything, this movie was a success. And Peter, I wanna let you know, man, man to man, that changed my life because um, that really influenced me to become an MC, just getting an inside look of, of Buster Rhymes, Mac 10, <laughs> the alcoholics, the far side, Nas was on it. Let me ask you this, how long did it take you to complete that, that documentary prior to it coming out in 97? You know, I we, we probably started in 94. Wow. Yeah, so it was about three years. And, you know, I thought I was finished at one point. It's funny because, you know, I I came out west. And um, and at the time, also, I had got, just got nominated. So I was trying to come out to Hollywood more. But I showed the film because we, we originally started shooting in you know on, on the on the east coast and then i came over to the west coast and showed it to people and they're like hey man you don't think there's hip-hop in california <laughs> you know yeah, um yeah and yeah then i realized oh my god you know they're right you know if i'm gonna really represent the culture i've got to i've got to i've got to take more time and you know so then you know but it took me time to connect with people you know and the way i did the film <laughs> I don't think you could do the film today like this, man. I hell mean, no. Hell no. Yeah. I no. mean, we had so many different people, so many new people. You know, they were fresh. They were young. They, they were, were fresh. You know, to tell their story. Yes. And, um, you know, what I did was I went to each artist and I said, hey, look, if you like what I did with you, just recommend one person. So like Red Man. Right. Artist, you know connected me with method man and method man may have connected me with Nas, and you know I, I i don't know i can't recall how that string really worked out but um you know it, it was great man you know uh, and you know but i had to when i came out to la it's funny because the first person i connected out here which was jerry heller wow <laughs> yeah yeah wow. time jerry and um you know as a matter of fact i i did my biggest regret 
with rhyme and reason was Jerry wanted me to shoot, um, uh, believe it or not, Easy E. Yeah. um, Easy E at the time was so, um, he was so, uh, uh, how can I say, I want to be kind here. Um, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Anyway, everybody I talked to said, you cannot film him, you cannot shoot him. You cannot put him in the film because why? At, at, at the time, he was like considered whack, you know, like really. The, oh God, yeah, man. I mean, he was, he was, you know, he was uh, having dinner with the president and all this other shit. I, um, you know, Ice Cube murdered him with no Vaseline. You know, <laughs> he, I, I mean, his reputation and everything was just at like at, at its worst, you know, yeah. Yeah. and. Um, but I, you know, I was hanging out at the office, and, you know, you know, I, I knew some of the stuff that was going down between him and Death Row and all that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Know, um, but, you know, um, other than that, I, I mean, other than that being my big regret, I mean, I, you know, I, I was very fortunate to film the people that I did at the time that I did. Yes. And I, I just want to add, you know, being a West Coast hip hop fan, the soundtrack was such a classic. Um, nothing but a cavy hit is one of the greatest hip hop songs <laughs> that ever came out. And uh, that really, I, I mean, Dog Pal and Mac 10, they were already big, but that song right there made them a little bigger. That soundtrack, that oh, movie, God, yeah. it, 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 it really exposed them to white America a little bit further, you know, than the hood. And oh, yeah. uh, let me ask you this. Ever since that movie came out, some people have passed. What were your memories of Five Dog filming that segment? That was a crazy intense segment, right? Yeah. Five Dog. Yeah. What was what was your memories about filming him that day? Well, you know, he he was always amazing, man. I mean, I I really felt like you know, you know, Tribe and all that. They 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 were amazing. Um, I have nothing but good, good feelings about it. You know, um, uh, I think that was at the Smoking Grooves concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They the were Barleys tripping. were playing. You know, I mean, I, I think Lauren Hill was hanging out back then. You know, with us. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I, my recollection is a little foggy, but you know. Hey man, R.I.P. to him, man. He he was a great, he was a really great artist, and you know, very very. I mean, that that's one of the sad things about when I was putting the book together, and I think I had been reluctant to actually do anything with the photographs because of all the artists that have passed away, all the people that you know. I just I just cannot believe how many right. how many great great artists have just. You know, they're not here anymore. Right, man. Check this out. Me, I, I got to ask this. I'm such a huge Nas fan. You must be super proud of Nas. And here's why. I know the, the film came out in 97, but by the time... But it looked like that footage, that footage from Nas, it looked like it was shot around, like, the first album era, like, Illmatic. And um, are you proud of Nas? Like, uh, like how far he's come from oh, that God, day? Oh, God, yeah, man. Oh yeah, I mean the guy. Wow. You know, uh, I, you know, you know, he might be in my top two or three MCs of all time. You know, I mean the guy's just unbelievable. But you what know, what was your impressions of Nas, the young Nas? What, what was your thoughts when you filmed him that day? 
you know, he was, he was, I think he was still living in a mom's too. Wow. I mean, he was, it was a Queensbridge projects, man. You yeah. know? I mean, it was, it was, Peter, it was, you're a real one, bro. I love it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I remember it was raining that day. Wow. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at my photographs, you'll see like little lines and that's all the raindrops that were, you know, that were happening. Um, but yeah, no, he was, he was amazing. You know, we did the interview in one of the, um, stairways, uh, of his, of, of that, uh, of that project, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And he was super smart. Um, you know, I think ambitious, you know, I mean, he really wanted to become somebody really wanted to achieve, um, but he was also very, you know, like, I, I think very connected to the people that, you know, he grew up with. Like a lot of artists. I mean, that's one great thing. It's one of the things I want to show about hip hop was the relationship between, you know, all the folks that, you know, you grow up in the community. Like, and if you're in a rock band, you're not looking to help your friends or your neighbors, whatever. But if you're in hip hop, it's a different story, man. You know, man, amen, sir. Amen. Yeah. It's like an obligation to help those around you, you know, who are less fortunate. And, you know, he's one of those guys that has, that has done that. Um, I know you've met Tupac and Biggie, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what was your memories like with Tupac? What was your dealings like with him? What, what was well, the energy? You I, felt? I didn't, I didn't, I did, I did not spend a lot of time with Tupac. Yeah. Um, you know, just in passing, really. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, you know, God, I, I, I don't know if uh, I would say this, but, you know, he, he, Tupac and Biggie were completely different people. Yeah. You know, Big, Biggie, you know yeah. Tupac was like fire, man. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He, you know, he was burning bright. And I'm, you know, when he passed away, it wasn't a shocker. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just felt like he he had so much going on that that baggage and that and that stuff was gonna catch up with him. But you know, you gotta realize how young these guys were. No doubt. No doubt. I mean I mean, you know, that's what people don't 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 get is like, you know, I, I don't know, I think Pac, Tupac was twenty six or twenty, you know, twenty seven maybe. Maybe younger than that. I don't know. You know, Biggie was twenty five. Yeah, I mean these guys were young guys. You yes. know, they didn't have the opportunity to to mature into, you know, elder statesmen. You know what I mean? Like God knows what, you know, they would have done. You know, um, but Biggie, you know, that was really sad because Biggie really appreciated everything that was happening in his life, and you know, his mom, you know, coming up and you know helping out his mom and helping out his friends and. It, it that 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 hit me. I, honestly, that hit me harder. You know, for, for I, real. I mean, in in terms of their legacy and everything, you know, I mean, they're both unbelievable artists. They 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 both did incredible things. But you know, uh, you know, in in a way, Tupac was always looking for um, that kind of friction in life, and and Biggie. Was looking to just enjoy life, and to, yes. you know, you know. So, and they were two completely different people. 
And you know, I gotta give you your props. When Rhyme and Reason came out, it was like the first look at for for mainstream America to um to take a look at like what's going on in the West Coast underground hip hop scene. So besides Dre and Snoop, you highlighted the alcoholics. I believe the Far Side was there in that film. Um, yeah, delinquent habits. Right? You yes. Know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the book. So the re-release of the book. When is the book available in stores, Peter? The book will be available in November. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it drops November seventh. November seventh. Damn, it's coming up. It's like yeah. next week. So the the book is called Rhyme and Reason, and it, the, the the title is. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, it's actually called The Book of Rhyme and Reason. The Book of Rhyme and Reason. Yeah. Now, Big Boy will be hosting an event at the Academy Museum that will be a premiere of the movie. And you said that the movie hasn't been screened in over 25 years. Um, this will be November November 27th, and there, all, there will also be a book signing, correct? Correct. Wow. What time yeah. does this, the event start, uh, P- Peter, for all my people? You know here? what? I haven't gotten that information from the Academy. I think okay. we're trying to get it next day or so. But definitely, you know, you can go on that website and check it out. I do know that um, Big Boy, you know, who does radio station radio show in the morning, has to be up very, very early in the morning. So <laughs> we're trying to accommodate him as much as we possibly can. Uh, whatever they work out, look, man, I am just so honored to have you know Big Boy, you know, doing the thing. I that, love it, Peter. Yeah, that uh, whatever they decide is fine with me. I want to give a shout to your publicist team. They ha- they have been very gracious and very um very responsive uh, oh great thank, thanks thanks to your PR team man. I appreciate you guys and I will get the info from her when, when we get off the phone um, sure so Peter I gotta ask alright you worked on Tupac Thug Angel and this is what I remember about this this one right here was when we started seeing interviews from those he really fucked with in Oakland and Layla Steinberg and Ray Love Um, what was the process like? I guess my first question is, to get a Tupac documentary done, who do you get permission from? Well, you know, that's a great question. And we definitely um, had some had some issues with that film. And I, um, I, I, I don't know if I want to go too deep into that, but, but um, right. you know, the good oh, news yeah. was like, you know, QD3 had... Um, You know, he he was the producer, executive producer for all for all that content. I don't. I, do you know about that? Yes, yes, yes. Keith, uh, okay, yeah. Chris Jones' son. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he he really brilliant guy, um, very very talented composer, um, and he had a lot of relationships. So yeah, he, you know, I give him a lot of credit for that movie. He was able to connect us with everybody that we needed to talk to. Wow. And yeah, he, he really pulled all of that together. How you know? did you meet QD3? Excuse me? How, how did you meet QD3? Um, you know, he was a fan of Rhyme and Reason. Uh, wow. a, fr- a friend of mine, Paul Stewart, connected me. I don't know if you know <laughs> he, he, Paul Stewart. He uh, had PMP Records. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, Montel Jordan, I think, and a few others. Uh, he managed Coolio. He managed a bunch. Paul Stewart is like the one guy, unfortunately, I think, doesn't get the props that he deserves. He probably 
is more uh, more responsible for hip hop on the West Coast than anybody I know, and nobody really knows who he is. It's really a shame. Well, um, yeah, yeah, very important guy. He used to write for the Source magazine. Wow. He actually wrote the column that introduced everybody to everyone out in the West Coast. Man, I mean, you know, uh, and he did that for years. But he was also managing groups and working with different people, and um, had a record company that uh, did well up until Def Jam decided to crush them. But you know, <laughs> and, you know, so goes the music business. Damn, Peter. Let me ask you this: What was the most difficult, couple of difficult things about getting a Tupac documentary done? What are some of the difficulties to get that one? Well, you know, when it first came my way, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even think there, there had been a documentary made. And I can't think of who did it. Um, and I said, God, you know, is there room for another Tupac documentary? You know, and uh, I think, I think thinking of it in those terms, like, is there going to be an audience who's going to still care? Hell yeah. Hell well, yeah. no, no. I know that now. I know that now. But when we yeah. were first going with it. And also, I wanted to take a different approach to it and show his multifaceted, you know, life. You know, finding that footage of him being interviewed at 16 at that art college or that art high school. I'm sorry. I uh, can't think of the name of it, someplace in Baltimore. I think was very important to start the film off that way. And, um, you know, having an inside look, all the people that knew him, um, you know, I think yeah. that that really created a way to see him in a different light. Yeah. You know? And, and, this, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And this is what's cool about Thug Angel. You, you, know, you know, like being a Tupac fan, there's been a lot of documentaries that's come out ever since he died in 96. And besides Thug Angel, I think the only ones who really stood out these last couple of decades is, par- is probably Thug Angel, Resurrection, and the newest one on Hulu. Whatever Hulu drop about is called Dear Mama. I think that was probably one of the best top three Tupac documentaries, you know? Um let me ask you this. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I think uh, Lauren Lazen, who did the Resurrection film, did a fantastic job. You know, they're yeah. all different, you know? I mean, I, and I think there's room for them all. I haven't seen the Hulu one yet. I mean, um, I don't know why I haven't seen that. I hear it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I think they use some of our footage for it, so. No way. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I mean, I think, I think uh, <laughs> yeah, we license. Look, man, you know. I, I think it's at, at any time you can, you know, you know, help tell a story or create awareness of somebody. I, I'm, I'm going to be supportive of that. I respect that so much, Pete. Um, one of the things that stood out about Thug Angel is it was the first time that the people that don't usually talk about Tupac got a chance to speak about Tupac. Because I feel like a lot of people really hog the spotlight speaking on speaking on his behalf. And those who you, he, uh, he grew up with in Oakland before he became famous, those were the important, like, critical parts of his life. 
Oakland was a very underrated part of Tupac's life, man. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was. Also, oh my you god. Know, you know, another uh, another big interview that stands out for me that was so powerful was yeah. the Shock G interview. Oh yeah, wrestling. Oh man. Yes. Yeah, I mean he. He just killed that thing. He he, you know, we we talked and uh, he was so on point. You know, when we did that thing, he he, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I really felt like he was a big reason why that film worked as well as it did. Because I think a lot of it, you know, sometimes the way history, the way history would like to retell it, it kind of seems like sometimes Death Row is probably like. One of, they they highlight that as like the biggest part of Tupac's life and Death Row made him big but it's like that may be true but I think it was Oakland and Digital Underground who really got him started you know oh god yeah that's that's what's up and those are facts okay yeah. now before we get into the DVD series of Beef because that was fucking crazy I give you props on Beef that's historical right there let's talk about Biggie uh, Bigger Than Life that right there too is one of those biggie documentaries where I feel like it was the first time those who need to speak about him are 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 talking about him. You know, like there was yeah. some producers that you interviewed there that I've never heard them talk. Like, and especially yeah. the one guy that goes, "Yeah, I was speaking with him when he was in L.A. I was on the phone with him." Like those types of things were very sad. What What are some of the memories that you have making that documentary, Biggie? <clears throat> Um, what stood out to you, or what what left a memory on you? Oh uh, God, um, I mean there there are a lot in that one, you know. Yeah. I, I I just feel like, um, uh, you know, Maddie C, who was my partner, you know, really came through. You know, I wanted to connect with somebody who really had the inside scoop on him, and Maddie, who was the guy that discovered him, um you know, brought the tape to Puffy, um, who also was a writer for the Source magazine, was like the perfect, perfect vehicle to make all that happen, you know, um, you know, so it was, you know, I had this fantastic interview with Biggie, you know, from, from doing Rhyme and Reason. Yeah. It allowed me to use more of that footage and to expand upon it. And, um, you know, it was, it was that, you know, that was another movie that was a long road, you know, I mean, I had a lot of battles and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, certain people felt certain ways and, you know, but again, you know, I, I did it very similarly than I did, did with, um, with, uh, Tupac was to find the people that knew him best. Yes. You and know? it's usually those who he knew before they blew up. Exactly. exactly and those and those are the real stories that that makes them human and it makes it makes them human and it makes it's inspiring man because they started yeah. somewhere they had to start somewhere and biggie yep. started in brooklyn and yep. when you interviewed those who he uh, who he grew up with in catholic school that was big peter like, yeah wow yeah. that no one had done that prior to you you know like that guy is like elementary homies you know like that's cool yeah man. yeah what it was like to grow up with you know and, <laughs> with and, Biggie. And, and all the things that they saw <laughs> and you know what was great was that they recognized how incredible he was oh yeah even that you know? huh? I mean his talent was undeniable 
Yeah. Okay. So now moving on to the beef series. Ladies and gents, there's beef one, two, and three. And y'all gotta watch all three. But my personal favorite is beef one. Beef yeah. one needed to be done because prior to that, um, no one really compressed these these doc these, these things in the one DVD. And I was really shocked to hear the details about the EPMD one. I was like, wow. It's crazy, Peter. It can get grimy, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck! You know, and uh, yeah. Now, I think, just to be clear, EPMD, I think, is on beef two. Um, no, they're beef one. They're beef one. I promise. Are they really? Yes, it's beef one. Because wow. that's when, okay. like, that's when... I mean, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong. Was their beef ever discussed in that in that detail before? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so either, dude. Oh, no, that no. was the first time people heard what? Whoa! Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I made so many films. I apologize. If, uh, God, I thought it was beef too. Wow, beef. Nah. Did that beef one? Wow. Okay. Now beef one also had the fifty cent job rule beef, right? Yes. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, you know, that whole beef thing, um, I, you know, and the thing was, unfortunately, and I, I stepped away after, like, beef three. I, I was kind of beefed out at that point. I wanted to become a vegan, you know? Um, you know I mean, did, did, I had too much, too much beef. But I felt like, you know, you know, if you're a hip-hop head and you're going to be honest about it, listening to this records are are you know are, it's probably the first track you're gonna listen to right you know you're gonna go to that disc track and you're gonna check that thing out yeah. and um no doubt, no doubt. You know, the, what i tried to postulate in beef was that the spirit of the music had to do with the competition between artists you know and it, it's always been like that who can you know create a better graph who can you know, break better, who can, you know, DJ better, who can MC better, you know, it's always been this competition. Unfortunately, because of the money, that changed things, you know, that made things a lot more impactful in terms of like, hey, man, I got a lot of people behind me and um, you diss me, that can affect how those people get paid. Yeah, yeah, man. So Yo, it, it, it brought in a layer of, um, of uh, I don't know, violence, uh, you know, possible violence, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it just upped the odds tremendously, you know, oh, like like the, the, the spirit of the music kind of got lost. And, you know, I kind of blame record companies for that. You know, I think that they 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 seized on that and they. They pushed that further than it should have gone, and they didn't include the other aspects of the culture. So now you were just focusing on the MC and not the other, you know, things that were. I, you know, I mean, look, I could go on and on and on, but it's all explained in those three films. I think the money, um, you know, the, the the people that you know, artists like. The crazy thing is, like, an artist could be cool with another artist, but his man might have issues or his man want to prove something, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, you, you have, uh, you know, uh, you know, an unfortunate situation go down. A lot of things stood out in beef one. I think for beef one, 
it was the first time I also feel like somebody explained in detail what went on with MC Shan and KRS. Yeah. And, and the thing about that, Peter, we gotta be honest. Well, when you interviewed Marley Marl, one of the sad things about that is even Marley Marl admitted that MC Shan lost. And that's yeah. brand, you know? And um, that's when they knew, like, wow, this this DVD is, is real. I, I felt like this DVD will cost some shit, you know? Like, it's, it's going gonna, yeah. gonna to cost more. <laughs> well, yeah, that wasn't my intention. I mean, I fortunately, I, know. I don't think I've ever had an artist go, hey, man, um, you know, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, or I regret doing it, you know. Um, good, good. I, you good. know what? I have had an artist, God, I, I, I'm trying to think of who it was, but one artist said, you know, we, we saw what we looked like, and yeah, we, we got to change. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they realized that they have to, you know, maybe get to, well look uh, one of the uh, major things in beef one which i was freaked out when i got the footage into the you know into the um editing room and true life you know that section you know i i you know we actually flew true out to see the footage yeah wow and get his reaction of it you know wow and, um you know uh, unfortunately you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he mentioned how he wanted to change and everything. Now he got, he got, uh, connected with, uh, I don't know whether he's still in or not, but anyway, yeah, that, that was pretty, that was pretty crazy with Mob Deep and wow, yes, that was crazy. Yeah. That was another, like, yeah, man. So let me ask you this, Pete. Like, you have been the documentary, um, you have been, uh, you've been documenting the hip hop culture, man since the beginning of time since the beginning of the culture and you definitely compressed history in these dvds and these in these films um with hip-hop turning 50 i know you've seen where it went the last 50 years but where do you think it's going the next 50 years well i don't know if i'm the right guy to ask because i'm i mean but you've known a lot you've, you've done of this too like you did your research some thorough research you know you um, know I, I i was lucky man i was yeah. really lucky because i feel like i documented the golden age of hip-hop hell yeah you did no you fucking know? doubt and and, and uh, you know part of the problem for me today is that you know and i you know i i i've repeated myself a bunch of times about this but you know like i remember when biting was a crime <laughs> you know and, and you know the beautiful thing about you know the golden age was that so, you know you had artists that were so different from one another yet they still connected you know I, I mean they, they still appreciated each other now you have artists I, I can't you know sometimes I can't tell one from another you know <laughs> and, and um, you know the diversity of the flow like you have a rock Kim and then you have Doss effects I mean you know, it, it, it was really, it, it was, everything was out there, man. Every Everybody was trying something different. They were doing different things. They were unique and original. They had their own style. Oh, hell I, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I remember, you know, seeing P, EPMD. I, I was so 
blunt. I, you know, I remember when those guys were the biggest guys with the time. You know what I mean? EMD, hell yeah. Yeah, you know. Motherfucking right, man. They changed <laughs> you know, the game. You know, so for me, you know, my son's a big hip-hop head. I, 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 I just don't. I just find myself listening to stuff in the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, yeah, I mean, there are some really great artists today, but. Have you, have you yeah, dealt with Jay-Z? Have you dealt with Jay-Z in any way? We did. We actually filmed Jay-Z. It's a long story. There was some reason why we couldn't use the footage, but I did photograph him and interview him. Um, for our film back, you know, Rhyme and Reason. I don't think he's in the film. I think there was something that prevented that from happening. What happened? Um, I, you know, I, I can't recall the details. Uh, things like that happen. I mean, you know, uh, some people you can film, some people you can't, some people you film, and then you find out that you really can't use it for whatever reason. Um, you know, we I was very naive when I made that movie. I mean... I had only made one movie before, had a lot of success with it, but it was a small film. I, we certainly didn't have like a studio behind us. You know, I was using short ends, you know, I, I'd call up uh, production companies that had extra footage and said, hey, look, can, you know, we shot with every single film stock known to man, <laughs> you know, the 16 millimeter. And that's when you had to shoot 16, which was very expensive, you know. So, um, what, what do you remember uh, about Jay-Z that day for rhyming reason? Um, that he had a tremendous amount of charisma mm. that he was definitely going places. I yeah. mean, there was just a vibe about him that, um, I thought, you know, and it was crazy too. Cause Damon dash, when we were interviewing, Damon was doing most of the talking. <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and Jay Z, you know, you know, he, you know, he would, you know, whatever he said was brilliant, you know, yeah, you know? but, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, Dave was a smart guy too, man, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he definitely knew what he was doing, I think, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's interesting how all that fell out, but, you know, um, yeah, we were there when they were, you know, they were starting out. Yeah, yeah, and there was a lot, there was still that camaraderie between them. I think, you know what, I is was he on Rhyme He was not on Rhyme and Reason? He wasn't on the final No, I, I don't, no, I don't think so. But I think that footage of Rhyme and Reason with Jay-Z is around somewhere on YouTube. It is, it is, it is. I, I think that there was some project that we sidelined, that we used some of that footage for, but yeah, that's a long time ago, man. Let me ask you this, man. Um, what, Where do you see hip-hop documentaries now? Um, what, what do you think, I mean... What can they create these days and what's going on these last decade? What can they do? What do you think, Peter? Do you think there should be more documentaries about hip-hop training 50? Um, there was a lot. You know, what, what do you think about hip-hop training 50? Like, the celebrations and seeing these artists, you know? Well, I think it's great, man. You know, I, I think, you know, whatever 
footage or what other insights we can get from hip hop. I think that, you know, I, I definitely, you know, support it and celebrate it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, right now, I don't know if, you know, look, I told you I was a film head and there's like called the criterion channel and they have all the old hip hop docs on right now. The only one that, that they don't have is rhyme and reason. I'm really disappointed. Rhyme and reason didn't, it wasn't included. God, you know, probably was a Paramount thing who has a film right now, but, um, you know, Style Wars, Beat Street, all these older documentaries that are very, very cool. Um, you know, and it's a blast from the past. I mean, I haven't seen these films in years, um, and watching them, it really brings back memories, you know? Oh, yeah. And the one to add, ladies and gents, I may have forgot to add this in the beginning of the interview, but um, Rhyme and Reason is voted by Ro- uh, Rolling Stones magazine as one of the top 70 uh, greatest rock and roll documentaries ever. And um, P- Peter, how do you feel about that? Like, that's huge, man. How yeah, you, you know, when, when, when I learned about that, I was very, very pleased that we made the Hell cut. yeah. You know, that it, it's considered to be you know one of the top documentaries and yeah i you know i I thrilled to death you know thrilled to death that we're we're in that category it's particularly since you know it's it's a it's a list of um i guess it's a list of music docs but you know rolling stones a rock and roll magazine so to be up there oh yeah hip-hop film it's really cool that's super rock and roll right um, let me ask you this, man. Uh, what What is your tips for young upcoming filmmakers, young up and coming documentary film filmmakers? What are your top three tips for them if they want to get in this business of filmmaking? Um, I would I would say to understand the process and the craft of filmmaking to get you know watch a lot of stuff. Um. You know, so you have to have the technical proficiency, you know, you have to have the right gear to shoot with. And you have to have, I'd say the other thing is to have a plan of what you want to do. As I said, you know, I don't know if you could make rhyme and reason today. Hell no. With who? I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry to say that. I mean, look, yeah, there's some. I don't want to sound like there's no talented artists out there, but there's something about rhyme and reason that captured them. Up, like it was like a young Nas, a young Method Man, and and they're like legends still to this day. But they were legends in the making then, and I don't know, Peter. I just feel like these last decade, they just don't have that superstar effect no more, huh? Plus, plus the other, the problem is too is that you know like if you connect with an artist they're going to refer you to their manager and their agent da, da, da. you know I could never have made the film that way I mean I, I, I was literally you know you know I had made some music videos and, you know, I, I didn't have the contacts and the you know the the, uh, the, the backing behind me so I, I really had to depend on the faith of the artist to go Oh yeah, I like what this kid's doing. Um, I buy into it, and I'm gonna tell him my story. You know, Peter, how old were you when Robin Reason came out? Uh, God, that's a good question. I'm so bad with dates and times <laughs> and all that stuff. I, I'm probably in my early 30s. Wow. 
So, would you think like when that shit came out, it changed your life drastically from there? The more more doors open. Um, you know, it was interesting. Not really, not really. You know, it wasn't until Quincy and his father came and they said, "Hey, you want to do these other films?" I, I did another film on Native um, Native issues that was at Sundance, and I did a couple of other things, but. Um, you know, when they said, hey, do you want to do more stuff on hip-hop and a film on Tupac? Well, it started with a film on Tupac. And then the Tupac thing was so successful. Uh, and it was way more successful than I ever imagined. I mean, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, I wasn't even sure there was room for another Tupac documentary. But, you know, I think ours was much better than anything that had been made before. Yep. And, um, you yep. know, we, we did... We did like, you know, feature film numbers with that movie. Oh yes, no you doubt, so, no fucking yeah, doubt. You know, I, I mean, we, it just, it just, you know, you know, it's one of the biggest titles I've ever done. So, um, you know, it just opened the door. You know, then Beef and you know, all those other films came afterwards. Peter, let me ask you this: Are you still in touch with QD Three? Unfortunately, we have not been in touch recently. I talk to him from time to time, but it's pretty rare. He's been in Sweden doing um, like a star search program. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, he, you know, so, you know, not as much as I, you know, look, I, I love the guy. I think he's very talented, but, you know, he, once he gets moved in a different direction, it's very hard to connect. I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I'd ask this too, man. Um, I know lately Quincy Jones hasn't really said nice things about Michael Jackson. Like, did you know that prior, or did that surprise you too? Was that a shock when he started well, saying like Michael Jackson stole from Prince, Michael Jackson steals a thief? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Um, you know, I I was told some very private stories about right. Michael Jackson by those guys, which I don't think I feel comfortable sharing. Right, 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 you right. Know? However, good, good. Uh, am I surprised about it? Probably not. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know what the extent of the relationship was and all that kind of. Stuff. I mean, I've heard some crazy things, man. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I. And I haven't the the uh, the recent stuff that you're talking about. I mean, I I, I know that there was controversy about you know uh, the third record, you know, and how Michael was trying to assert himself more and and all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I you know there was a magic to those two guys. Yeah, and they created some unbelievable music. But you know, things happened. You know, no doubt, no doubt. Oh man, Peter, it's been an honor speaking to you, man. So let me let me ask you this. Um, do you have any advice for upcoming artists on how to market and brand themselves and how to get their story out there? Like, what do you think uh, artists these days need to do to stand out and, and have that have that star quality about them? Like, what makes an artist like stand out to you, you think? Well, I'll tell you the truth, man. I mean, I think the artist has to be recognized in their own neighborhood first. Back. Like, wherever they're from, they <laughs> have to be that guy. 
right? Yes, so yes. I, I can tell you that with every artist that I work with, yeah. like you know, from Master P <laughs> to Spice One, if I went to like if if I if I got off the plane, I go, hey, who's the big artist? They would tell me right away. So I, I think I think you know you got to connect to your people and yes, you know. You'll never go anywhere if you don't do that first. No doubt, because the buzz has to start somewhere. Yeah, no, and, and it's got to start in your neighborhood. It's got to start with the people that you know, and you know they they have you know. Look, when I went to Oak, uh, New Orleans, when I <laughs> I didn't even know who the hell Master P was, right? And I was like, everybody's <laughs> talking about this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The buzz, though. Yeah, the buzz. Yeah, you know. So I think. Um, Okay. Yeah. Word. So hometown, com- yeah, you gotta spread it in the hometown. Um, let me see, man. Social media. How does social media? How, how does social media affect filmmaking in twenty twenty three? Does it affect filmmakers at all, or does it help filmmakers? Um, you know, the verdict is out isn't out on that yet. Um, I think it can help. You know, we've we've done a little bit of social media. <clears throat> I think that's one of the weaknesses of my company right now is social media, and I am working on to remedy that. You know, I have a company called Rugged Entertainment, um, and we don't have a big social media profile. However, you know, we are doing well in the. You know, you know, renting our films and you know people watching our stuff, but how they're connecting with it, I have no idea. You know, because especially <laughs> if you take a look at our social media presence, you would you you know you would say, God, you know they don't they don't have much going on, but the films speak larger than our social media presence. For sure. presence. And I, I, I you know I I can't tell you why or what you know. Um, so check with me in a year, and I'll, I'll, you know, I might be able to tell you. Uh, man, Peter, it's been an, it's been an honor uh, talking to you, man. Um, I'll be in touch with the publicist, and I'll be in touch with you, and I hopefully I get to see you guys on November twenty seventh. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Peter, thank Marley, you for the inspiration. Thank you, thank you for uh, inviting me onto your show, and uh, totally, totally appreciate it. Thanks for all the inspiration. Thanks for everything you've done for the culture. Thanks for documenting hip hop for us. Um, thanks for inspiring a kid from Oxnard to uh, to really get a closer glimpse on how on who these rappers that I idolized were and who they are. And um, thank you, man. It changed my life growing up. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Man. Thanks, Pete. Okay. Peace. Sure. Peace.